Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now save $30 on the American-made steel FS56 RCE trimmer. Real steel. The FS56 RCE is made in America of U.S. and global materials. Offer valid through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. What is up, everybody? Welcome into this Tuesday episode of Flippin' Bats. It's back this week in Shohei Otani news, the first one of the year. We're also going to talk about the rookies so far and how they're doing. Top three rookies so far. And name that team. This episode is going to be a blast. Let's get to it. A high fly ball, deep center field. It is gone. Home run. And a huge bat flip to celebrate. All right, Ben, start the show already. What is up, my friends? It's so great to be back in my Shohei shirt. I'm joined, as always, by Alex Curry. All feels right in the world again, Alex. It does. I have to say that Otani shirt was by far, I think, my favorite Angels giveaway of all time in the 10 years being there. And I love when you wear it because it looks like I have 100 Otanis just staring right at me. Mm-hmm. And that's that's the kind of energy you want to bring to a day and to a show. Show, hey, looking at you. Here's the thing about this shirt. Yeah. So it stays here in studio. Yeah. And last year... It must have been an oversight. There was a day I put this shirt on and was like, oh, God, we got to get this thing washed. <laughs> I don't, I, so like now, two months of wearing Now it. at least we're on a schedule where this thing gets washed when it needs to. And this is the first time it's been worn in a while. But there was a point last year. So wearing it every Tuesday, every Tuesday show, this shirt is worn. And there was a little bit of a little bit of a stench to it. I think. Smelly Ben. Wait, wait, wait. Sure. <laughs> we were going to get Smelly Ben, ben yeah, on sure. Um, Alex, I want to this. This year, once a week, I yeah. want to have honesty hour. Ooh, I like where it. Something, something that really comes to me that I need to be honest about. And it could be something in the baseball world. It probably will be. But also, I want you, like, if you're mad at me for something, we're going to be in the trust tree for a second. I like you know? it. Like, okay. We're going we're gonna to say something that's on our mind. And if you're mad at me, say it. If you have a thought, say it. Mine, this week, honesty hour, umpires. What are we doing? I have so much to say about umpires in the game of baseball right now. But the first thing that comes to mind is we have these new rules that I feel like are really putting baseball in the right direction, right? Like they're not perfect, but it's going to be good for the game. We have these new rules. We have these new exciting players. We have Shohei Otani on top of the world right now. We have Aaron Judge doing what he's doing. Baseball's in such a good place, yet these umpires continue to insert themselves in games where they have absolutely no need to do it. They, they're awful at times behind the plate. It's so frustrating. So we have all these rules, right? New things being implemented left and right. Why can't we implement a way to just hold umpires accountable? That's my thought. Like we see umpires being bad behind the plate. Doesn't matter. They'll be right back there next year and next game. We see specifically this year already. There's been two replays in the Mets games, back-to-back days in Mets game. Two replays. It was a clear wrong call, clear overturn, and they didn't overturn it. Like it, and I know that's not the umpire on the field fault, but like it's how are we missing? It just feels like something's missing, you know? Honesty hour. Umpires, hold them accountable. We got to do better. 
you got a sense that umpires feel like the end is near. Yep. Right? Because there's so much technology now that can do their job. I mean, we're already seeing it in other leagues, the automatic strike zone. And I don't think that's going to necessarily come and completely take over Major League Baseball. But that's in the conversation for, like, if you can argue a close ball or strike, just just get out the, the automatic strike zone, tell them if they're right or wrong. So at this point, you gotta you got to ask yourself, how do you actually hold them accountable, right? Is there some sort of, like, percentage, at least for, like, the home plate umpire, the most important umpire who's calling the balls and strikes, is there some sort of, like, how many he got right percentile? And if he's below 40 or 30%, got him right like you got to say like you can't be a home plate umpire anymore yeah there's a there's, do a, it? there's a few things that need to one after every game there's an account on twitter i don't okay. know if you follow it it's called ump scorecards right where after every single game sometimes it's a few hours sometimes it's the next day but they push them out all at once it's the home plate umpire scorecard there how many go. calls he got right how many he got wrong where he missed some where he got some you know like all of that stuff and then the you know, the amount that it helped one team or the other. Like the other day, uh, when Garrett Cole was on the mound, opening yeah. day against the Giants, Laz Diaz was behind the plate. The reason I know that is because Garrett Cole yelled very loudly and it was called on the mic at Laz Diaz. But I looked at the Elm scorecard the next day. He was like, he missed, I, I forget the number, but it was plus 1.35 runs in favor of the Giants. Oof. You know, like that's- That's a big deal. These calls are big deals. Yeah. So we gotta figure out a way to hold them accountable. And maybe it's not right now. Like, hey, if you miss if you if you miss fifteen percent of calls, twenty percent of calls behind the plate, you're out. But maybe it is implementing like a challenge system to balls and strikes that you can do it two to three times a game. Yeah. Because there are big calls. There was one the other day with Brandon Marsh at the plate, second and third, two outs in a big part of the game. A ball like six inches inside got called a strike. And the inning was over. Yeah. And, you know, he's one swing away from two runs coming in. Like, these calls make a huge difference. So just being able to have a way to make those huge game-changing calls that are missed, mm -hmm. fixed. But you're absolutely right. I think the reason we are seeing it is, and I, I don't know this for a fact, yeah. but it feels like more and more so we're seeing this. Umpires are putting a, their fingerprint on games, and they're getting they're getting phased out of baseball replay has come along right mm -hmm. and now you know all these challenges have come involved and then the automated strike zone it's coming whether yeah. it's going to be in three five ten years the writing's on the wall yeah. like they're not going to be completely out of the game but they're just having less and less of a of a way to impact the game and now it just feels like every way possible they're they're having their their say the game the other day the mets game yeah jeff mcneil hitting Pete Alonzo on first base. Jeff McNeil hit a foul ball. Pete Alonzo sprints to second base. Pete Alonzo, because he was tired, he was sprinting, walks back to first base. Yeah. The umpire gave Jeff McNeil a strike violation because Pete Alonzo was walking back to first base. I mean, come on. We got to have some feel. We, we should. I think we saw the foreshadowing of this during spring training when we saw JT Real Muto put his hand out to get a, <laughs> a pitch or a ball back from the ump felt like okay he's not going to give it to me put his glove down um drops the ball lands on the ground he has no idea because he's facing the pitcher and then the ump just throws him out of the game yep just tosses him out of the game for something he had no idea he was actually doing and those are the power trip moments that become obvious 
that there is a little bit of a power struggle here. Yep. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that's, you know, I just, I had to get that off my chest and yeah. there, there it is. And yeah. he turned around so emphatically like, threw what? him out of the game and he's like, Hey man, what, what, what are you, what are <laughs> what you do doing? You mean? One, it's also spring training. This yes. is his last spring training game. He's probably trying to get like one or two more at bats yes. in before the year. Yes. And the umpire's like, you showed me up. You're out of here. Yeah. It's like, calm down guy. Yes. Calm, calm down. Down. All right, honesty hour. I like that. That's, you know, just get it out. You know, Let's vent. Once a week. Let's I got vent. something to get off my chest. Okay. You got anything you want to get off your chest? No, you that's pretty good. All right. Yeah. You know what time it is? Yes. It is time once again, my friends, for my favorite segment of all time this week in Shohei Otani news. I'm going to talk about his start on the mound on opening day. We're going to talk about the shift and why I think it really, really benefits Shohei Otani and why he has continued to cement the fact that he is the best player in the game of baseball. Let's start with his pitching. The other night, opening night in Oakland, he was lights out. Six innings pitched, three hits, 10 strikeouts, and zero earned runs. What I really like to see here from Shohei was you know, that first inning, you could tell, at least it seemed, a little bit amped up. It's opening day, first start of the year on the mound. He didn't have his best command at the very beginning. And, man, he figured that out. He ended up dominating that lineup that um, we knew he could with his nasty stuff, was throwing 101 miles an hour, was throwing his slider with tons of break, seven strikeouts through four innings, ended up with 10 on the mound, and his outing ended up the 26th outing since at least 1901 with 10 or more strikeouts and no runs on opening day. 26th since at least 1901. And that's just on the mound. We, I must add that it's the first time ever of those 26 that the team ended up losing the game. Those are the tough ones to swallow. Yeah. When you have such an incredible outing, opening day outing and performance like Shohei Otani did, and then you don't get the support and stats to show for it, you, you don't get the win. You don't get the win. So it's just those are always tough. But we did get great moments yeah. and reaction from him on the mound. Like, we got to talk about his reaction to Hunter Renfro's catch. Uh. Like, one of the most insane catches not looking, over the shoulder. Shohei goes crazy on the mound. I think all of us were just kind of like, wait, what? What just happened here? I'm shocked. And then after that moment, baseball fans, did you know that uh, Hunter Renfro is Mike Trout's doppelganger? <laughs> Can we just throw that out there? Because I was watching the reaction. I thought it was Mike Trout reacting to the catch, but it was actually <laughs> Hunter Renfro. And I've covered Mike Trout his entire Major League Baseball career. That was just that was a fun moment from his his outing. That was great because I feel like Shohei's reaction to that was everybody. It was just yeah. like what? What? Yeah. Oh my God. And that's like by no means was this catch like the greatest catch of all time. He yeah. definitely it was it's the hardest ball to catch as a right fielder because it's right over your head. You don't know whether it's gonna tail or not. He ended up making the right move and then made the wrong move and then had to just it, Yes. Uh, throw up a prayer Hand and Paul ended up going in his glove Not even looking. and Shohei's reaction to that was great and that start ended up being so dominant and six innings 10 strikeouts in his first start of the year yeah and he's look Shohei coming into this year is a Cy Young favorite one of the top 
three, four guys mm-hmm. to potentially win the Cy Young Award, attend, uh, according to the odds. So, look, he's starting off hot here. Six innings, ten strikeouts, good stuff there. And, again, here's Sarah Lang's tweet about this. Shohei Otani's outing the 26th since at least 1901 with 10-plus strikeouts and no runs allowed on opening day. It's the first time that pitcher's team has lost the game. Now, you would say to that, well, it's the Angels, angels being the Angels. <laughs> but after that, they looked pretty good in that series. Exactly. So, uh, great start on the mound. He had the hardest pitch thrown of the game and the hardest hit ball of the game because that's what Shohei does. He breaks stat cast, and he did that again. You look at the stats at the end of the game, hardest pitches thrown, hardest balls hit. Shohei Otani is the best of the best in both of those and ended up with a hit on that ball that he hit super hard, which leads into my next point, which Mm -hmm. is I think of everybody that this new shift rule is going to benefit. Shohei is certainly in that top tier of guys that it will help. And we saw that in the very first game. He hit a ball that would typically be caught by one of the three infielders on the right side of the field. But no, there can only be two over there. He ends up with a hit. And that's kind of the thing with Shohei. I would say like he's he hits a lot of balls hard on the ground, but I don't think that's really fair. Shohei just hits a lot of balls hard. And if it's hit on the ground, it's obviously going to be hit hard somewhere. Mm-hmm. And with those prior to the shift rule, you'd have three guys over there. I think he's really going to benefit this year. I think we see that batting average tick up a good bit because of that. And we've already seen him off to a really good start at the plate this year. A hit in that first game. Later in the series, we saw him hit an absolute rocket off the opposite field wall. Bases were loaded there. So he ended up with a single because the base running might not have been the absolute best on that that play. But (laughs) alas... He ended up with a single there, but the ball was inches away from going out to the opposite field. By the way, the base running ended up not the base runners ended up having to hold up because they were thinking the left fielder might catch this ball. It ended up almost going out yeah. and over the fence. That's how Hardy hit the ball. He's doing it all at the plate already. 333, a home run, three RBIs at the plate. But for me, the one thing I really wanted to talk about here and focus on is I think. I think we're going to see Shohei's average a lot higher this year because of that shift rule, and he's the prototypical guy that I think this rule really benefits. Yeah, and we talked about it in the preview shows. Every single season that Otani has been in Major League Baseball and healthy, because remember, his first couple of years wasn't healthy. Since he's been healthy and he won the AL MVP, his numbers have gone up and he has gotten better every single season, just like his teammate, Mike Trout, who we got to see them go back-to-back with home runs in this opening series. And it just reminds you, when you have two of the greatest hitters in the game right now on the same team, getting to learn from each other, getting to feed off of each other, it's truly special to see both of them go off at the same time. I think there's a really good conversation to be had of, like, they they both really benefit each other, I think. Like, I, I... you know, I, I think they both help each other be better. And I think Mike Trout is probably the better, you know, like all around hitter right mm-hmm. now. Look, Mike Trout's like one of the greatest of all time. I don't yes. have a, a problem saying that. I think Shohei being as good as he is, is making Mike Trout better. 
And I hope and pray that we can get a full healthy season of both of them. Because remember, Mike Trout hit 40 last year in very limited time. Mike Trout is still one of the greats, one of the best players in the game of baseball, and is going to be one of the best of all time. And that leans into my last point here, which is I think for a decade, Mike Trout was the best player in baseball. I think Shohei Otani has officially cemented himself as the best player in the game of baseball. And the reason I say that is just let's let's first talk about on the field, right? Like the one thing Trout has going against him is that he doesn't pitch. So Shohei is doing what he's doing offensively while also pitching while also just transcending the baseball world, right? Like this year just felt even more special than it has in the past. And he's won an MVP award and he did what he did last year, where the only reason he didn't win the MVP award last year is because Aaron Judge hit 62 home runs and broke the AL record. And there was still a conversation to be had about that, what he's done for the game of baseball and what he's doing on the field, cement himself as the best player in baseball. And I almost think that we almost, we got this, like ceremonial passing of the torch almost where that lasted bat of the world baseball classic between Mike Trout and Shohei Otani on the mound that just seemed like a far-fetched dream to even get the fact that we did get it and the fact that it ended the way it did it was almost like this ceremonial passing of the torch of like Shohei I have been the best player in baseball for 10 years. And that is nothing Mike Trout would ever say. This Mm -hmm. is me paraphrasing. I've been the best player in baseball for 10 years. You just struck me out on this stage. It's been writing. It's been writing on the wall. You're now the best player in the game of baseball. Hands down. There's no conversation about it. And it was just a really cool moment. And for me, hands down, the best player by far in the game of baseball right now is Shohei Otani. I think the other craziest thing about that moment, that final out in the WBC, obviously you have Shohei Otani coming out to close the game, which we have never seen before. Mike Trout, possibly the last out, a runner on base. So if Mike Trout wins that battle, hits a home run, that's a walk-off home run, USA wins. If Otani struck him out, Japan won. So everything was riding on that one moment. Whoever won that battle was going to win the WBC and ultimately probably win the MVP, which Otani did, because he won that moment. Yep. But we've also had – Trout hasn't been healthy the last couple of seasons. He's missed chunks of games. So right now, as you said, these are the two best players in baseball. Extremely close. But Otani is doing something we've never seen before. And he is becoming an international superstar, really bringing the world together around baseball. Now, if we see both of them stay healthy this entire season oh. and play to their full potentials, we might be getting like a 1-2 battle for the AL MVP here on the same team, which would be so exciting and fun. And look, absolutely, you say Mike Trout and Shohei are the best players in baseball. I'd be remiss if – and you can't not have a best player baseball conversation without at least mentioning Aaron Judge and what he has done the past couple of years. He is certainly in the conversation with those two as the best players in the game of baseball. But uh, as of right now and hopefully for a long time to come, and I say hopefully because – as long as this guy stays healthy and and Shohei keeps doing what he has been doing for the last two to two plus years, mm-hmm. we're we're seeing an athlete that is changing the game of baseball and exponentially growing the game more than we can even imagine. So let's just hope and pray 
that he and Trout and everybody else stays healthy. But as of right now, Shohei's the best player in baseball. But that does it for the first edition this season of This Week in Shohei Otani News. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. I know we've feels, had we've had such a great feels good. opening weekend, opening week, however you want to call it. In opening week, we also got to see a lot of debuts. We got to see a lot of rookies come out. So I want to know your top three rookies so far. All right, obviously not a huge sample size. We're not even <laughs> at a full week of the season here. But top three rookies so far, who you got? That's what feels so cool about being able to do this is yeah. – you know, we're talking about how much the game is growing and some of the greatest talents and athletes we've seen. And we did this same conversation last year with the rookies that came in. And then you step back and think this year's rookie class yeah. is so good and so exciting. So, yeah, I know we're only a few days into the year, but let's do a top three rookies so far this season. Number three is an angel himself, Logan Ohapi. Ohapi's been tabbed as like, the future catcher for this organization and man did they need somebody back there that was a consistent like a consistent like staple Mm -hmm. of this lineup and it really feels like they got their guy logan ohapi batting 400 a home run already this year a homer on sunday got six rbis this guy appears to be the real deal and they acquired him in a trade and it kind of was like okay this guy this might be a good trade for yeah. the Angels. And he goes into the organization, gets a pretty high tab on the prospect list, does pretty well in the minors. Then we get into this this spring training, and every time we see Shohei Otani on the mound, we see Logan Ohapi catching him, and yep. it's like, well, that's quite the statement. And then the year starts, and, man, he's been on fire to start the year. So the Angels appear to have found their guy behind the plate. Uh, thank goodness, considering yeah. their farm system was not the greatest for a handful yeah. of years. All right, let's move to our second rookie Cardinals, Nolan Gorman. Man, Nolan Gorman, I feel like had a lot of hype coming up last year and was very, very spotty. But to start this year, that hype is still there. And he's been really good. A couple of home runs on the day on Sunday, batting 444, six RBIs, an OPS over 1,700. Oof. Nolan Gorman. In that Cardinals lineup that and man, this gets me excited about the Cardinals lineup because this is what this is what I was talking about with this team is there's already so many guys in that lineup that you really feel like are going to be good, right? Like Nolan Arenado, Paul Goldschmidt, um, Wilson Contreras. But if you can get anything from anybody else, this lineup's gonna go from really good to elite. And so far, this Cardinals lineup has been getting a lot from uh, everywhere you look, Tyler O'Neill, Brendan Donovan, Nolan Gorman specifically. So in his, you know, as as a guy that's come up with a lot of hype, it appears this year he couldn't be off to a much better start. I have him at number two. Speaking of hype, number three, 
Japanese superstar who made his major league debut with the Mets on Sunday, Kodai Senga. Yeah, number three, but number one. The number three yes, guy I'm number talking three guy, about, but the but number, number one. one rookie so far, Kodai Senga. And his start to me was so special. One, because it's a debut. Two, you could see him in the dugout like so antsy. Right? When you're making a debut, you almost you want to be the home team so yeah. you can go out there and throw first. He wasn't. Obviously, his debut was coming in Miami where he had to wait in the dugout, and the Mets end up putting up two runs. Again, great. You're happy your team scored two runs. But honestly, it's like make that first inning as fast as possible and then go out and score a bunch. So you could see him in the dugout just like amped up, ready to go, finally able to take the mound, gives up uh, a single to Luis Arise, immediately followed by a double to Jorge Soler. It's one nothing before it's one run on the board before you can even blink. Ends up going walk, walk after that. So then you're really like, man, and he really was struggling to find mm-hmm. the zone. Now his stuff was still good. He was throwing 99 miles an hour. His fork ball was moving all over the place, slider moving well. He just couldn't find it. He just needed to get that first out. Finally, with the bases loaded, one run already in, nobody out, he strikes out Yuli Gurriel, follows that up with a strikeout, and gets a line out to end it. So ends up getting out of that inning. The strikeout to Yuli Gurriel, his first major league strikeout. Yuli looked foolish on that swing, threw the bat at, literally threw the bat uh, on the ghost fork, and he settled in from there and really never, ever looked back. He was dominant. What a great start. Eight strikeouts in total, five and a third, eight strikeouts. All eight of those strikeouts came on the ghost fork ball. He was touching 99. He was wearing a really cool glove, by the way. Everybody was talking about this ghost fork ball. Yeah. But the thought kind of becomes like, is that just a name that can't, like, does he even like that name? Apparently, yes. His glove was so cool. It had a ghost and a fork on it. Embroidered on it. Embroidered on it right next to each other. Man, what a debut for him. After that first inning that was shaky, he got out of it with very limited damage and was dominant. I mean, dominant after that so he is number one on my list I love it it's such a bright future and so so much excitement as you said surrounding the rookies this season we had a great rookie class last year and this year is living up to the hype which is so awesome I mean we're not even able to mention some Anthony Volpe who's got a stolen base in the first three games of his career a couple of hits and got his first major league hit and then a his second in that next at bat He's going to be on this list. If we did yeah. this every week, he'd probably be on it a lot of times. Uh, the, the rookie class this year is probably even more so living up to, to the hype than you could have imagined. So it just makes me really excited. It's great. Yeah. Are you ready for game time? Oh, man. It's, yeah. been, uh, it's been since before the WBC. The music is going. Yeah, we did this. You know it, that the music? music brings me right back. It does. We're going to play Name That Team, all right? You're going to get... Three, okay. I'm going to give you where each of the three outfielders okay. were drafted out of. High school, their college, or at a country. Okay. Okay? So you get you get three clues, three and then you have to name outfielders. the team. Three outfielders, and then you have to name that team. Okay. Are you ready? Yes. Let's do this. <sighs> How many teams do I get? Three. three. We're doing three. Okay. Okay. Ready? Team number one. Left field out of Japan. Center field, 
University of Louisville, right field at a high school in Arizona. Name that team. The Red Sox? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, that's all you Am I supposed to be more confused? <laughs> I was like, wait a second. Wait, a second. <laughs> okay, okay, you got that was right. easy. By the way, another rookie, uh Masataki Yoshida has been yeah. so good to start his big league career. Um, and he's the one that gave this away for me. Yeah. But yeah, the other yep. Okay. okay. Makes sense. Checks out. One for one. Cool. Let's go. Ready? Yep. Team number two. Let's get the clock and graphics ready. Set. Okay. Team number two, left field out of the University of Arkansas. Centerfield, Cuba, right field, University of Miami. Name that team. Arkansas and left field, Centerfield, Cuba. Um, okay, I'm going to guess. Yeah. Andrew Benintendi in left field, Luis Robert Jr. in center field, uh, Chicago White Sox. Yeah, two yes. for two. All right. Two for two, let's go. Feeling good. Like I never left. I know. Well, eh, we'll see. the last one ended pretty poorly, but it's okay. okay. It's okay. Okay. No need. <laughs> no, now we're just getting back on track. No need. Getting back on track. Yes, let's... there's always need. All right, the third and final one. Let's you ready? Go three for three, yeah. Okay. Left field at a high high school in California. Center field, UCLA. Right field, University of Arkansas. Uh, Name no. that team. No. Yeah. Right field, University of Arkansas. UCLA. Who is this? Um, high schooler. Thirty-eight seconds left. You got time. Left fielder is a high schooler. Mm -hmm. Center fielder, UCLA. Yeah, a lot of young guys in that outfield there too. That's a good. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. All right. Um, Grade yourself. Yeah, B plus. Yeah, not bad. Thanks. I'll give you that. B plus. Yeah. Uh, I'm happy this is back. I love this. I love name that team. It's always fun. It's always a challenge testing yeah. my baseball. It's crazy, boosting. like how you know exactly like where everyone went. Like you actually, it's it's extremely impressive. Thanks, the background Alex. you know of every starting player on every team. Yeah, there's there's some like there's you know some like s s colleges there's certain giveaways like if yeah. it's an East Coast college, I'm typically gonna yeah. get it. Um, played with a lot of the guys. You played with a lot of yeah, the guys. West them. Coast colleges are, are a little tougher. Um, countries, you know, like if it's a country that not a ton of players yeah. are out of, that helps. Yeah. But yeah, still pretty. You know, yeah. not bad. Good job. Pretty good. Thanks. Yeah. A uh, little extra innings yes. before we end up today, and what I what I want to talk about is the Miami Marlins throwback uniforms. So fresh because they wore these. What day was it? Saturday. Over I the think? weekend. They Friday. Over the weekend. Friday's game. Okay. 
And you can see it now if you're watching. Oof. Jazz Chisholm looks like the coolest person on planet Earth in these uniforms. Turquoise pinstripes. Yeah. It's beautiful. I don't know. So here's my thought. They should bring these back full time. Yeah. The Miami Marlins need to bring back these old school throwback uniforms full time. Yeah. It absolutely needs to happen. I don't know why they shifted up in the first place. You know what? Here's what my extra innings is. The Marlins need to change up a lot of things. Yeah. Right? I feel like they kind of they kind of messed up because not a ton of people go to those games. It's a great baseball city, right? There's a huge Latin culture there. We were just there. We were just there. The WBC is there. They packed the place. Yes. But when the regular season starts, not so much. And guess what? They got guys from so many different countries on yeah. that team. That place needs to be a baseball mecca to go to. But – Bring back these old school uniforms, blast Latin music yeah. in the stadium all the time. Just uh, put me in charge of growth of sales and <laughs> in Miami, and I would have a few things to say. But it would start with these uniforms. I don't think they ever should have made the shift to the new uniforms. Uh, I think these, no, these, things, are these things were some of the best unis in the entire game. They had black ones, too, with the turquoise Oof. teal look. But... I'm serious. It's I don't fresh. think anybody has ever looked cooler at any point in life than Jazz Chisholm looked when he hit that homer in the throwback unis, hits the home run, does the bat flip, rounds the bases, does the Euro step at home. It was so cool. And bring the unis back. I'm in. Back to I'm 100% unis. in with it. Great. Thank you all for listening to this Tuesday episode. Tuesdays are back. This week in Shohei Otani News, it's back. Thank you all for listening. I really, really appreciate it. Tomorrow's episode, guest episode coming at you. That one's going to be a blast as well. Make sure you check it out. Thank you all for listening. Uh, make sure you subscribe anywhere you listen to your podcast, Apple or Spotify. And we're on all social media, Twitter, Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok. And you can watch every single episode as well on YouTube at Flippin' Bats Pod for all of them. Thanks for listening, everyone. Until next time, this has been another episode of Flippin' Bats.